This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, it's Wednesday, July the 13th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on another hot one in Kent. And for a second day, homes, businesses and schools on Sheppey have been left without water. As we told you in the podcast yesterday, a burst pipe caused major problems to supplies on the island. And despite it being fixed overnight, there was then another leak. Bottled water's again been handed out to residents. Reporter John Nurden is on Sheppey and described the situation situation for us a little earlier on today. It's particularly galling as Southern Water announced last night it had repaired two massive leaks on the main pipe bringing water onto what is called Kent's Holiday Isle. Now the water company stressed that it would take time to recharge the entire network but then found yet another leak so the taps remain dry this morning and at least two schools that's Minster Primary and Halfway Houses remain shut as they have uh, no water for their toilets. Yesterday, there were huge complaints as Southern Water opened a free bottle bank at Laysdown at the far end of the island, so both uh, residents and holidaymakers had to queue for uh, free supplies. This morning, uh, a new centre was opened at Tesco Sheerness and also at Minster Working Men's Club. Now, the Minster Working Men's Club opened at 6am and I've been there and it is already out of water uh, and people are absolutely hopping mad. So what's it like living without water? Well, obviously, uh, no water for washing, showering or making a pot of tea. And there is a limit to how much uh, of your body you can wash uh, with a bottle of water in the middle of a heatwave. This is the third time the island has been without water since 2016. Now, that was when the main pipe uh, burst under the A249 at Bobbing. Uh, A year later, it broke again, this time under the Kings Ferry Bridge, sending a a shower of water into the swale beneath. Well, areas of Sheppey, including Laysdown, are really busy with holidaymakers at the moment. And some of them spoke about the situation to our colleagues at KMTV. Uh, Someone from the arcade told us about it and we've come down here to get some some water. And I, I asked one of the guys behind me, how long is it, you know, will it be back on? He said, well, as far as we're concerned, it hasn't even gone off yet. Off a neighbour next to my chalet, he said, oh, the water's been cut off. Um, so I filled the kettle up, made sure the toilet was full up. Walked down and thought I'd grab myself a couple of bottles and hope it won't last too long. The County Council took the decision earlier to close all of its public buildings. Schools, libraries, children's centres and the Sheerness Gateway, which provides council services, they tell us will stay shut until supplies have been restored. KCC go on to say they're working with the Kent Resilience Forum to support Southern Water to get supplies running as soon as possible and protect the most vulnerable residents. While well, Southern Water has apologised about what's happened, this is what they've said. Our teams worked tirelessly to repair the burst main last night and while the initial burst was fixed when the network filled, unfortunately another took place. Teams on site are working to fix this as quickly as possible. Our priority remains providing water to all those affected. Three bottled water stations are open and we are continuing to deliver to our priority services customers. Thank you to the community for their understanding and patience during this difficult time 
and to our partner agencies, including the emergency services who are helping with the effort. We will, of course, continue to keep you updated on this story regularly. Do head to Kent Online. Within that story, you can also find details of where those water stations are and so how you can get some supplies. Kent Online News. A mental health campaigner who struggled to deal with the loss of her son has been described as a loving and kind person. 46-year-old Marie O'Leary was found dead near a BMX track in Broomfield, not far from Herne Bay, on Monday after being reported missing by family. She's raised awareness of male suicide after her son took his own life two years ago. Her widow has said the pain for her was too great. We can read the tribute in full on the website. A cyclist in his 70s has died after being hit by a tipper truck near a Kent village. The crash happened on the A257 Ash Bypass between Canterbury and Sandwich yesterday. Paramedics were unable to save him and police now want to hear from any witnesses or anyone with dashcam footage. The husband of murdered Kent PCSO Julia James has had his bank account emptied by scammers. Paul James has posted on social media Media, saying fraudsters have stolen money left to him by his wife, who was killed in Snowdown in April last year. Well, he's urged others to be vigilant after being targeted by conmen, who used a fake parcel delivery message to gain access to his account. Meantime, an elderly woman's been pushed to the floor by a rogue gardener who stole £500 from her home in Tunbridge. He'd offered to trim the hedges in her garden and she agreed to pay £40. We're told the man later followed the 84-year-old into her home and stole the contents of her purse. There's a description of the suspect at Kent Online. Now, it's been another sweltering day across Kent, but do you think it means boys should be allowed to wear shorts to school? We're asking because a year eight pupil in Sittingbourne has been sent to isolation after turning up in them this week. Well, at Kent Online, you can see a picture of Harrison Utting wearing the shorts with the rest of his Westlands school uniform. Well, we have been in touch with the school for a response. This is what they had to say. We have a clear policy on uniform that all parents are made aware of before they send their child to our school and it is published on our school website. We review all of our policies on a regular basis and will do so with our uniform policy in due course. The overwhelming majority of our parents are supportive of our current policy. In the event of the extreme temperatures that are currently being forecast for next week, we would be willing to make reasonable adjustments. We've also got a poll running within the story on this one. At the time of recording today's podcast, 83% of you said that you think boys should be allowed to wear shorts to school, while just 17% have said no. There's an awful lot of comments on this story as well. You can leave your comment and vote in that poll by heading to Kent Online. You can also have a say on our socials. And with temperatures set to reach record highs in Kent this week, an expert says it's time we take serious action on climate change. A rare amber alert has been issued by forecasters from Sunday right through until the end of Tuesday because it's going to get so hot. Stuart Jeffrey is a Green Councillor in Maidstone and has been speaking to Lucy. What we can see is the, the maximum temperature being repeated broken over the last 20 years or so. Um, so whilst, you know, it could be an anomaly, the, 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 the climate scientists are saying, no, this is, um, this is an absolute feature of, um, of climate change. It's something we can expect more of. Um, they were talking um, very, very recently about the two degrees limit, the, the safe limit or the 
supposedly safe limits um, being broken um, later this decade. So we can see the temperatures climbing um, and, and things are going to get worse. And it's not just the, the peaks and the troughs and the, the, the severe weather events um, such as we're seeing uh, or likely to see this week, um, but it's also the underlying temperature um, that, that, that increases, which will increase things like um, uh, mosquitoes and, and, and dengue fever, for example, that's the, that will we will see in the southeast. Do you think people who maybe are a little bit sceptical about climate change and, you know, perhaps weren't that bothered about it before, do you think they'll start to see things like this and realise, you know, our climate is heating up and something needs to be done about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a big difference between people who are sceptical about climate change and those who are not, who don't think it will impact them, them particularly heavily. Um, I mean, those who are uh, who don't believe the science? Well, I've I've got very little time for them. Um, you know, go, go and read a book or something. Um, the, the science is absolutely certain this is happening. Um, but for those people who don't understand the impacts, particularly local impacts, I think you know there's an awful lot more that we need to be doing to to explain what will happen um, should climate change continue in the way it, it, it's evolving. Um, because you know there's, there's there's this sense that we're okay we're a little island and we're surrounded by sea so it won't be too bad but actually um you know we're going to see those heat waves we can see things like the um the, the gulf stream for example is likely to be affected um which will give us some really cold winters that we don't normally get um there's the, the as i mentioned things like dengue fever are very much predicted to be a problem um particularly in the southeast and in kent and of course water shortage um it, it is there and, uh, and and don't forget we're not just an island so um there are um effects that will happen to us um that that have been triggered elsewhere in the world this podcast is sponsored by the fg barnes group with car dealerships in canterbury and maidstone the race to be the new leader of the conservative party and with that prime minister is continuing mps are voting for the first time to whittle down the list of eight contenders tunbridge and morling's tom tugenhart is in the running after securing the backing of at least 20 of his colleagues he's also got the support of the council leader there, Matt Borton. Well, it's the clean start that Tom has referenced constantly, and rightly so. And what that does is it enables us to move on from the past, because the last few months have been completely unsatisfactory in terms of having a functioning government, being able to deliver on the mandate that was given to the Conservative Party in 2019, and on making sure that as our economy moves Uh, forward in the post-Brexit era and the post-Covid era, we're able to make the most of the opportunities both nationally and internationally. And I think Tom has demonstrated with what he's done both here in Tunbridge and Morlin in Parliament and his work in the army prior to becoming an MP, that he's someone who can reach across many different areas and really deliver the best to the country. At the time of recording today's podcast, the votes were still being counted, but do head to Kent Online for details on the result. If Tom has made it through, he'll now need the backing of 30 Tory MPs to qualify for the next round of voting. A man's been arrested after armed police were called to reports of a man with a weapon in a village near Ashford. Officers seized a BB gun after 
searching a vehicle on Swan Lane in Selinge yesterday. A man in his 60s has been robbed while walking through an underpass in Dover. He reported being pushed over by another man and had his wallet stolen in Bench Street on Monday night. The wallet was later found, but the cash was missing. A dustman's been taken to hospital after a discarded aerosol can exploded in his bin lorry in Swanley. It happened when the compactor crushed the black bag it was in, leading to debris hitting him in the face. Sevenoaks councillor urging residents to put aerosols in a clear recycling sack. Four fire engines have been sent to Lid after hedges and grass caught alight. The blaze broke out on Galloway's Road yesterday evening and crews spent over an hour putting out the flames. No one was hurt and it's not yet known how it started. Now a Canterbury woman who says she struggles to make ends meet most months is urging whoever takes over at number 10 to get a real grasp on the cost of living crisis. Earlier this year, the government announced payments will be made to families on low incomes to help them cope with rising energy prices later this year. The first payment of £326 is due to drop into bank accounts from this week. But Karen fears it won't go very far. I've been speaking to her. I know we're getting the 340 something pounds this month and whatever it is, you know, the rest of it next month. But that's like a drop in the ocean. And, you know, what if you're like a lot of people are working and they're still really hard up, you know, and they don't really qualify for benefits as such. I mean, it's just like it's everybody really or a bit like Victorian times, I'd say a bit them and us. You know what I mean? It's like normal people and those that are really wealthy. So um, it's very, very difficult because I live rurally. Um, and also my heating is is I'm not on the gas main, so we're oil and it's really expensive. I mean, the last delivery was £500 for 500 litres. Um, and in the winter months, that only lasts a couple of months. That's it. You've had it, you know, and they won't deliver if you don't pay what you owe. So, I mean, it's really rural people really lose out. You know, and I've lived here a long time now, so I, I couldn't afford to move anyhow. I rent still. So at my age, which is another thing I never thought I'd be doing, you know, so that's another worry as well. And the charity that you had help from before, I mean, the release that they sent us was basically saying an awful lot of people are getting to the end of the month and they literally don't have a single penny left. There's nothing. They're, they're just paying for the essentials and that's it. Is that how you're feeling at the moment? Well, it is at the moment. Yes, right at this moment, it is rather like that. I'm working my socks off and yet, you know, I I'm don't see, feel like I'm any better off at all. Well, I know I'm not really. Um, and I think, as I say, it's just something's going to give somewhere. It's, it's really worrying. It is for everybody I know. You mentioned that support that the government is providing as you say the first payment of that is this week. Um, You said earlier it's a drop in the ocean. Can you tell us a bit more about that money and how it might help you or perhaps what you think should be done by government? Well I think the government firstly need to put up um, benefits a lot more. They need to alter the taper rate of 55p that is taken out of every pound that you earn because like you know, not everybody is in a situation where they can work full time, whether they've got children or whatever. And I physically couldn't work full time, but I feel like you need to work full time to get above universal credit or the benefits. You can't do it. And sometimes it's not physically possible. Um, and so I do think that the, the government should do something about that. They need to put the benefits actually up and lower the taper rate. And as for the money that they're giving, that's great. But I mean, it's it will be used towards my oil is the most important thing. I mean, I'm electric, 
as well so that's another worry but the oil is the main thing um so it will be used towards that but i mean it is just a drop in the ocean it really is and i can see that a lot of people will get that money people with families that happen to use food banks just to put food on the table it won't be used what it's really meant for because they won't be able to afford to do you see yeah we're, we're obviously going to have a new prime minister a little bit later on this year that's all going on in the background at the moment uh, september time we'll have a new person at number 10 what's one of the first things you'd like to hear from them i'd like to get them to actually spend a day with somebody not necessarily myself but to really get to grassroots get to the bottom of what it's like for a normal person on the street that's working there working really hard and trying to keep their head above water and work most of their life um and how how it's just getting worse and worse and worse and there's no end to it, it looks like it's never going to get any better and i think that they need to realize this and that they keep saying they're going to do this they're going to do that but they never do whoever it is and whoever does get there needs to really listen this time i mean really listen turn to us you know that i do help out in that um i mean the stories they hear it's dreadful the help that they happen to give in that and you know they've been around for 125 years and in one way, it's amazing that they're still there. But in another, it's sad that people still, from Victorian times, it's sort of like it's gone full circle and it's back, as I said, them and us. It's like normal people still cannot make ends meet. And I think it's so sad when children are starving and everything, you know. It's really, really bad. And we're yeah. supposed to be a rich country. Indeed. Um, but to have a charity like that, as you say, they're doing fantastic work. You should probably give them a bit of a plug. So anyone who is wanting support, what can they do to, to get in touch with that charity? Right. Well, if you Google it, it's Turn to Us, which is Turn and then Number Two and then Us. It comes straight up. They've got a benefits calculator that I helped rebuild. <laughs> and they also have got a grant search tool that we're helping to rebuild. And they're also doing uh, they also have a number you can call if you're not really into in you know you can't do the internet or you can't understand it or anything else they're, they're really really approachable and don't be no one should ever be ashamed to be on benefits or needing help because nowadays especially it can really happen to anyone like it did me which I never thought in a million years it would so that's why I come and talk you know because you shouldn't be ashamed. Kent Online reports. Kent's Director of Public Health has warned of a summer surge in COVID cases. Nearly 4,000 people have tested positive in the county in the last week and latest figures show hospital admissions are also rising. Dr Anjan Ghosh has described it as a progressively challenging situation and is calling for another vaccine dose to be offered to all over 50s. Part of the M2 is going to be closed for the next two nights as part of ongoing roadworks. The coastbound Exit slip at Junction 5 will be shut between 8pm and 5 in the morning. Work is continuing to revamp the Stockbury roundabout in a bid to ease congestion there. It's hoped a short film that made its UK premiere in Folkestone last night can help tackle the stigma around mental health. It's called Triggers and it's about a man's journey through anxiety and depression. It's already been shown at international film festivals and a screening was staged by South Kent Mind yesterday. Well, Simon Dolby is the chief exec of the charity and has been speaking to Ish. So um, Triggered is a uh, short film, lasts 12 minutes, and it's all about um, one man's journey with mental health. Um, and it, it's four stars interpretation of what mental health, uh, poor mental health is all about. Those doubting voices in, our, in the back of our mind 
and how they can be have a debilitating effect, how they can make us insular, how they can prevent us from uh, living a normal life. And what we see illustrated is Trigger, um, the voice in the, the lead actor's head, actually brought to life as a, an imaginary figure standing by him and actually speaking these, these doubts, speaking these uh, anxieties out loud. Um, and uh, what we see is the lead actor's journey to better mental health. How important is having a film like that shine a spotlight on the, the, the topic of mental health, a sensitive subject, a complicated subject, and to do so in a, in a film format, how important is that? Um, I think you just got to keep banging the drum. You know, uh, we, we, we all say we need to remove the stigma of mental health, but you can only do that if you can normalise it as a topic of conversation. And, of course, film plays such a big part in modern life. Um, you know, we, we go out there for leisure and uh, it's a, an information source. And so to be able to have a short film that is 100% about the mental health journey, I think can only be positive. For us as a charity, and in fact, the nationally, the, the uh, Federation of Local Mind Charities, there are 118 local mind charities across the country, as well as National Mind. And um, one of the things that we're hoping to do at Southgate Mind is help the guys to actually make this as a resource so that other minds can perhaps have their own regional screening, but definitely use it as a, as a, as a conversation topic, as a, a resource for their work, working groups um, with their clients. It's, it's quite powerful the way it sort of articulates and their interpretation of what mental health is. And it's going to spark a lot of thoughts, a lot of discussions. and it's good to talk. It's, it, that can only be healthy. A hairdresser's in Whitstable that's been running for almost 70 years has announced it's closing down. Bosses at Caprice say customers have been having fewer cuts since COVID and they've never fully recovered from the impact of the pandemic. We now know when a new adventure golf course is opening in Dover. The 18-hole attraction named Roman Landing will open on Friday morning alongside a newly renovated paddling pool next to Walmer Green. Its design references the area's history, including including nods to smugglers and the town's fishing past. And another supermoon is going to be visible in the skies above Kent tonight. It's known as the Buck Moon because male deer shed and regrow their antlers around this time of year. It'll look bigger and brighter than normal. Kent Online Sports. Football first and England will face either Spain or Denmark in the quarterfinals of the Women's Euros. Germany's made it through to the knockout stages as Group B winners following last night's action. Alicia Russo from Maidstone is in the England team who take on Northern Ireland in their final group game on Friday. A non-league team from Gravesend has come runner-up in the Diversity Football Festival. Punjab United FC took 16 players to compete in the tournament in Leicester. They're aiming to promote equality in sport. And primary school children in Gravesend have had the chance to try out some Paralympic events. Timberwood Academy has put on activities for pupils with special educational needs and disabilities. They've had a go at things like wheelchair basketball and sit down volleyball to prove that sport is for everyone. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group. 
with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.